Well, the news of the week is that Justin Fields is the new starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears going forward. We'll get to that in a few minutes, but first, let's talk about the Lions game. This is the Bears Ramp Podcast, and I'm your host, Ken Marshall. So first off, it was the Lions, so let's take that with a grain of salt. I mean, a snap bounced off the quarterback's shoulder pads and then off an offensive lineman's helmet and into our defensive lineman's hands. You can't put that kind of stuff in a movie. Nobody would believe it. But it keeps happening to the Lions, so let's just keep that into perspective. Overall, the offense looked pretty good, more cohesive. It felt like plays were building off of each other. They got more yards and points on the first drive than the whole game against the Browns. Fields had a couple of very nice deep connections, and I mean shades of Russell Wilson with the way he was dropping the ball over the shoulder in stride. I mean, that's significant. I consider Wilson to be the best deep ball passer in the league right now, so any kind of comparison to him is fantastic. The run game was solid, and the O-line had a very nice recovery after a horrible outing against the Browns. Now, the bad news on offense is that Montgomery went down and is likely to be out potentially to week 10, the bye week. That means that all the RBs have to bump up a slot, and with Tariq Cohen still seemingly nowhere near near healthy, the Bears had to send a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Dolphins for return man to limit the risk to Khalil Herbert, who is now the new number two running back. On defense, they got a good pass rush from Mack uh, and Quinn. They also got lucky with a couple of red zone takeaways, and they held tough with a goal line stand as well, sending the Lions away with zero points on three red zone appearances. They bent probably a bit more than they should have, but they limited the breaking, and that's how they won the game. The secondary still struggles, when the pass rush isn't there, so they have to find ways to keep the pass rush going, which is pretty good so far uh, for most of the season so far. When they started playing soft, though, in the second half, the Lions took advantage and made a blowout into a game. So they have to keep the pedal down, both on offense and on defense. Eddie Goldman returned, but honestly, he didn't really stand out to me in live action, so hopefully he's getting back into playing shape and is a force this weekend because the Raiders love to run the ball. They love a power offense. Now the bad news on defense is the injury to Akeem Hicks, a groin injury. Uh, He went out after one play on defense and was downgraded to doubtful for this week against the Raiders. So it's going to be tough sledding, and they need to make sure that they shore up and are able to stop the run against the Raiders and force them to be one-dimensional. So enough about the Lions. Let's talk about Fields being named the starter. Now, before the season began, I talked about how I thought the Bears' ideal situation would be that Dalton would play well enough so that Fields could sit and learn this season and take over as the starter next season. I still think that that was the draft day plan. However, when we got into training camp and the questions about who was going to be the starter kept being asked, the narrative started to change a little bit. It went from Dalton is our starter to Dalton is the week one starter, and we'll know when Justin is ready. So you could see that they were beginning to get the feeling that Fields was performing better than they anticipated. 
And when Dalton went down with the injury against the Bengals, it became clear to me that Fields would get the start against the Browns. I mean, some professional pundits suggested that starting Foles would be the better option. But Nagy was adamant about that and answered it quickly and directly when asked about this type of scenario back in training camp. Justin is our number two. Well, what if Dalton is injured? Would Foles start? He said no. Justin would be the starter in that case. There was no hesitation. He was prepared, and they'd clearly clearly discussed the situation internally. And I've noticed that when Nagy is clear and quick to respond, it's something he's thought about, and he has an answer prepared, and that's what he's going with. So it was really self-evident that Fields was going to start against the Browns. But after the beatdown against the Browns, there was more than enough blame to go around for everybody, as I discussed last week. Again, some professional pundits suggested that, hey, maybe we should be starting Foles right now. If they couldn't protect an athletic quarterback for two seconds, what chance did they have of protecting Foles? The coaches have have to win now to save their jobs. So again, it was clear to me that Fields would be the starter if Dalton was still hurt and not able to play. The only question was, would they be able to rebound? Would they be able to correct those mistakes and have a better outing against the Lions? Now again, like I said at the beginning, it's the Lions, so I expected them to have a good game, and they came through. So after that beatdown against the Browns, the magic happened. That same staff that compiled that game plan against the Browns and every other week compiled this game plan too. But the difference was Bill Lazor calling the plays. As I mentioned at the beginning of the the episode this week, it felt much more structured and cohesive. The offense as a whole stepped up, not just fields, not just the play caller. The line blocked better. The tight ends blocked better, including Jimmy Graham. I actually saw him making effort every play, and on a few plays, he actually blocked pretty well. The wide receivers laid out for their quarterback and made great catches to help him. And Fields made good decisions. Still a little slow sometimes, still sticks with his first read a little too long sometimes. But overall, the team in general on offense played much better. So, that left everybody with a decision going forward. Dalton was getting healthier. Fields had a good game. What do we do? Well, on Monday after the game, Nagy doubled down again. Said, when healthy, Andy is our starter. But if you read between the lines, one healthy. Lots of coaches have used that as a reason to give whoever another opportunity. So I anticipated that, yes, Fields would be the starter this week against the Raiders and that they would use that as an opportunity to judge whether or not he was ready to be the guy for the rest of the season. But plans change. And so did their opinion. After they reviewed tape, 
and talked about it internally, they realized that Fields has just got something. Something special that Dalton doesn't have. He may have had it one day, I don't know, but he doesn't have it now. And I'm not talking about the ability to run. I'm talking about the passing game. I saw Fields making some passes that I've never seen a Bears quarterback make before. And that's special. The point is, guys lose their injury, their jobs to injury all the time. They also lose it when they get outperformed or when a special talent can't be denied. Well, Dalton got injured and enough of Fields' special talent showed that he can no longer be denied. There are going to be more performances similar to the Browns game. There's going to be bad games. But there's also going to be performances like the Lions. And hopefully, there's going to be performances where he is just special all game. Or special in moments when you need him to step up and be the difference maker. So the plans are out the window. The only question left is, can they coach him up and make him a star? I certainly hope so. And it's going to be interesting the rest of the season, regardless of what happens. So lastly, let's talk about the defense. They say defense wins championships. So let's start putting that to the test. A good overall pass rush is important, but do you need a franchise edge rusher? In other words, do you need to pay top money to have a good pass rush? So let's look back here a little bit. The last time the sack leader was the Super Bowl winner was in 1986. Lawrence Taylor with the New York Giants. Let's look at the past five years. In 2020, Tampa was led by Jason Pierre-Paul. He was tied for 11th in the league in sacks. The Chiefs were led by Chris Jones. He was tied for 27th. In 2019, The Chiefs were led by Chris Jones again, this time tied for 22nd. And the 49ers were led by Eric Armstead, who was tied for 15th in the league. In 2018, the Pats were led by Trey Flowers, who was tied for 34th. Now the Rams were led by Aaron Donald, who was the overall sack leader that year. Going back to 2017, the Eagles were led by Brandon Graham, who was tied for 19th. The Pats, again, were led by Trey Flowers, who was tied for 46th. And back in 2016, again, the Pats were led by Trey Flowers, who was tied by tied for 36th. And the Falcons were led by Vic Beasley, who was tied for, who was number one overall. So you had a couple of guys who led the league in sacks that made the Super Bowl recently, but overwhelmingly the Super Bowl winner didn't need that kind of production from their top pass rusher. And if we look at the highest 
paid edge rushers, the top 10, they're averaging between $17 million and $28 million a year. Do you need to be paying that kind of money to get an effective pass rush? Well, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn both have cap hits of over $14.5 million. Both are earning that money this year, but the ideal is to have guys on the rookie deal, right? This is every position. Your ideal is to have that level of performance on a rookie contract. By the time you get to that second and third contract, if they're playing really well, you have to make tough decisions. Well, we've already talked about how the Bears have 30%, nearly a third of their full cap, dedicated to four pass rushers. Mack, Quinn, Eddie Goldman, and Akeem Hicks. I know Eddie Goldman is primarily a run stuffer, but he could, he's capable of pass, of pass rushing as well. You can't dedicate that kind of resources to just the defensive line. You need some young guys on a rookie deal. And in today's NFL, I'm sorry Bears fans, you need to be spending your money on offense. You need a middle-of-the-road defense. A dominant defense doesn't win you championships. Not today. Let's just look back here, right? Tampa over the Chiefs, two prolific offenses. Kansas City over San Francisco, a prolific offense over a good defense. The Pats over the Rams, a good overall team led by the GOAT over a fantastic defense. The Eagles over the Pats, really good offense that year over a good team in general, led by the GOAT. And in 2016, again, the Pats led by the GOAT over the Falcons, which had a really great defense. None of these past five winners had a fantastic defense in the where the defense was the reason they won. They won because of their offense. You have to spend your money on the offense. The Bears need to adjust that. They need to start spending money on the offensive line while they have a rookie quarterback. Get production out of their young wide receiver, Darnell Mooney. Either they have to pay Allen Robinson, or find a successor to him in the offseason. Keep filling the rest of those receiver slots with veterans and young guys like Demary Bird and Marquise Goodwin. Find an exceptional tight end or develop Cole Komet into that exceptional tight end. Stop paying Jimmy Graham $10 million to get a few red zone targets. Decisions have to be made, and they need to start thinking about them now. Because even David Montgomery, as good as he is, has not played a full season. And you can't trust that he will in the future. So you can't pay him top money going forward. 
He's in the fourth year of his rookie deal. Rookie deals give a fifth-year option to the club, so they might get one more year out of him, but traditionally you renegotiate and sign a long-term deal after that fourth year. The Bears cannot afford to sign him to a top-money deal. They need to spend that on the offensive line and in other places. Prepare yourselves because they might just have to trade him away. You can find good running backs later in the draft and on the street. You can't find great wide receivers or great tight ends on the street. Going to leave you with one more thing, guys. Last week, I live-tweeted my thoughts during the game. If you're interested in following along or want to communicate with me, follow me at the Bears Rant on Twitter. That's at the Bears Rant on Twitter. I'd like to hear from you, hear your thoughts, your suggestions on things that I might talk about in the future. Until next time, thanks for listening and bear down. <laughs>